welcome to the parley at the hindu i'm shobhana k nayar your host for this episode congress party is preparing for internal elections for the post of party's president the seat has stayed in the gandhi family's hands almost entirely since 1983 The only exceptions were brief stints by PV Narasimha Rao and Sitaram Kesari between 1992 to 98. The present president Sonia Gandhi took over in 1998 and has been at the post ever since barring her son Rahul Gandhi's two-year term in between. In the pre-independence era internal elections at the Congress did provide space for contesting ideas but that space is all but gone. The last contest the party saw was in 2001 between Sonia Gandhi and Jitendra Prasad. Prasad got only 94 votes out of total 7771. This time around the Gandhis have ruled themselves out of the contest. But just days before the process is set to begin, three state units Rajasthan, Chhattisgarh and Gujarat have raised a call to bring Rahul Gandhi back making a mockery of the whole exercise. barring the left parties to a limited extent there are no shining examples of internal democracy in political parties in india it is in this context that we are discussing should election commission insist on inner party elections we have with us former chief election commissioner of india mr s y kureshi and political analyst mr rahul varma who is a fellow at center for policy research I will put my first question to Mr. Kureshi. Is there any legal ground on which elections can be mandated within political parties? Actually, as far as I remember, there is no law. For the first time in 1995, in Mr. Sessions' time, uh, by an executive order, political parties were supposed to uh, were ordered to conduct their elections. and mr session being a much respected and feared person everybody complied they started holding election since then elections are held periodically in every party or in every recognized party and there are only 6 or 7 at at any point nationally recognized parties so the election commission expect them to file their return if they are not able to hold election for any reason they seek condonation of delay which is liberally granted and election commission generally has been very soft on this and they liberally give the the permission for delay or holding election later and whatever is submitted to them by way of election election results they accept the current situation and this also because using the constitution of the party because the, when the party registers uh, gets uh, itself registered in the election commission they uh, submit their draft constitution in which they agree to abide by the constitution of the country and secularism and democracy and uh, all the things which goes with the constitution and that is where they give the details of their office bearers president general secretary and so on so it is expected that these guys are elected through a process of election so but if somebody is elected unopposed uh, there is no problem anybody can get uh, elected unopposed even an mp or an mla so that is not the issue here i'll bring you mr varma if you can 
well, obviously, we do not have any legal grounds uh, to have elections and consensus seems to be the norm. Are there any political parties in India which really have even, which at least pretend to hold uh, internal elections? Thank you, Shobna, for your question. Let me make two points. First, on the legal uh, background, because there is a great paradox at heart. India, it seems, is a party-led democracy or democracy based on political parties, but nowhere in our constitution, political party is mentioned or described. The first time description or definition of political party enters through anti-defection law in 1985. So neither in the constitution nor People's Representation Act of 1951, we have rules and regulations governing political party. In some ways, all rules and regulations apply more to candidates than to political parties in India. And that's why we are in such a situation. Political parties are not governed by any rules and regulation. And Supreme Court have made this observation that nothing in the uh, Article 324 of the Indian Constitution or 29A of People's Representation Act tells us that EC can actually regulate internal structures, organizations, or uh, elections of the party. So that's why you can take one or two examples here and there, but even these parties, say either the parties on the left or the BJP, have not been conducting uh, internal elections as you want them to conduct. So in that sense, most political parties in India have become similar where internal structures and organizations uh, do not follow their own constitutional norms. How important are uh, internal elections? And I will also, in this case, quote uh, the recent uh, internal polls held in the Conservative Party in United Kingdom. Many people quoting that as an example claim that having internal elections in a party is not good for its own uh, standing in among the voters because uh, competitive electoral contest between two contestants, uh, you end up criticizing your own party's policies. Mr. Qureshi, what are your views on this? Yeah, you know, you, what you said is absolutely right. When we see U.S. elections, for instance, for when the selection of uh, the candidate for presidential uh, nominee is considered and there are 20 people, they, they debate and they condemn and criticize each other then it is reduced to a few and then finally to two persons who are at each other's throat bitterly open their uh, can of worms. So to that extent, it and then it is uh, very strange that, for instance, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton contested and uh, called each other names, but then uh, Obama won and Hillary was made the Secretary of State. So... I don't know how they get over the bad blood which is created during the campaign. So they, that's why uh, that bit of democracy publicly displayed uh, uh, can be counterproductive. Although uh, theoretically it's uh, ideal, any democracy is ideal. But if it uh, leads to long-term bickering and you know the, all the negative things we heard about Obama and uh, he become the president and uh, those things can haunt him. So, similarly, the, in UK, the example which you gave, at the same time, democracy means it should be there at every level. And political party is an essential pillar of democracy. Ideally, uh, there should be democratic election. Yet, we have, you know, it's a contradiction in terms. 
because any election is divisive for instance if a party is believe in hero worship there is an ideal and the president is there for uh, who is very popular and they stand united behind him that's a good thing but at the same time you know when there is a high command culture that they start appointing chief ministers the only their favorite their sycophant not the real popular leaders and which is where things start going wrong for them itself rather than uh, and not really for, for the government itself so we need to strike a balance we have to find a way of democratic election without creating ill will if possible what are your views mr varma if you can explain uh, also i'll tweak the question slightly in case we do not have uh, internal elections how does a person how does a normal uh, worker who doesn't probably have social capital of his family several generations of his family serving in uh, politics and s- such advantages how does he come up so uh, shobhna you actually answered uh, the question that you are see any system that you are going to bring in will always come with some positive and negative externalities there is no perfect rule there is no perfect law there will always be some negative externalities also associated with any type of system that you are going to create so as you were discussing and uh, dr kurashi also pointed out internal like if you have internal elections primaries like in the us you are going to have these contests between leaders and there would be some mudslinging and differences of opinion but at the end of the day you have to understand what political parties are political parties don't have to be homogenous both in terms of ideas and uh, as well as leadership political parties at the end of the day are in coalition of interest they are aggregation of interest right so there are going to be differences within the political party having these internal elections meetings and contest over ideas is important that's how parties uh, reach to what their common minimum platform are without differences how do you find those common grounds so i think yes there would be some mudslinging but it's important for finding the common ground why all particular party should come together and what are their platforms second point and as rightly pointed out uh, which is internal elections or some sort of like mechanisms are important within any organization not just political party for ensuring upward mobility right uh, and and that is why what we are witnessing today in india and south asia is problematic for our democracy where all political parties are centralized they are family control parties see dynasticism in politics is a norm it happens everywhere in every part of the world in us in in developed uh, uh, western europe and in sub saharan africa but most political parties you you won't be able to name more than three or four political parties which have survived 30 years in indian politics and are today not controlled by a political family where you can only rise up the ranks in the system your nominations and everything depends on the good like what kind of goodwill you share with the first family of that party so in that sense not having these internal mechanisms of upward mobility is keeping all kinds of politicians beholden to the top leadership of the party so high command culture is a symptom of the problem uh, which we are witnessing today so i'll come back to you mr kureshi now uh, do you think if state funds elections 
would that bring in more accountability and probably in turn bring more democracy within the political forums well actually that's a totally different question and debate but since you have asked i'll surely answer it i am against the state funding of elections uh, but i'm sure the state funding of political parties now because uh, the election expenditure is uh, will be difficult to monitor but uh, state funding of political parties uh, uh, with the proposal which i have been making is that uh, political parties do need funds they have to beg borrow and steal you know, they the take money from the corporate and there is no free lunch so they have to pay back uh, in form of contract and various other benefits so the best will be that they should be rid of uh, dependence on the corporate money and the state should fund the political party and one very objective criteria of this funding could be that uh, post election uh, once the results are known we pay them according to uh, the votes obtained i have calculated if you pay 100 rupees for every vote that you got so you will get enough money to finance your activities in the future people say why not before election but before election we don't know every any non serious person will create a party and will start seeking fund and achieve zero results so after all aam aadmi party started with the zero support from anywhere and then they made a breakthrough in delhi now they are forced to reckon with now they can even do fundraising more easily but even earlier they did crowdfunding on the basis of their popular slogans so 100 rupees uh, per vote then the question is will that uh, give political parties enough money my answer is yes because uh, in the last election about 57 crore voters voted at 1 rupee the uh, 100 rupees per vote 5700 crores are given to the political party because next question will that be enough for them enough for them because what they have submitted to the election commission by way of return is only 4000 or 2 5000 crores collected in over 5 years here we are giving them 5700 crores by check with dignity they don't have to beg uh, or twist the arm of uh, the private sector corporate sector or the individual to extract money i think that will be a great step and i have mentioned in several articles that 70 or 71% of world countries have this form of uh, funding of political parties based on their actual performance so nobody can question that uh, of any favoritism any uh, subjective element coming in it's totally objective and very doable very workable but unfortunately every political party seems to like the confusion so they were uh, letting the confusion continue and nobody is even talking about it uh, mr verma would you like to weigh in on this uh, will it bring in more democracy within the political parties if we have state funding uh, no i completely agree with uh, dr qureshi uh, and 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 let me like just add certain things what he said there has been always a conversation on internal regulation of political parties in fact the 99 
Law Commission report strongly recommended that we should have some mechanism of it. And when Dr. Qureshi was the Chief Election Commissioner, I think in 2011, the Commission also submitted uh, a draft uh, sort of act to the Union Law Ministry in 2011. But uh, this never got accepted or there was no debate that uh, was generated both inside the Parliament and outside the Parliament, which is basically what Dr. Qureshi is saying. Like It's, it's a situation where political parties enjoy uh, are benefiting from the current confusion. And it's a situation of where, you know, the fox is guarding the house. So they don't want to make a lot of effort. See, what could be the model? When should be the money given? Should it be 100 less or more? I think those are the questions one can think in uh, in the debates. Uh, But in, in some ways, we do have to start thinking about some model of state funding of political parties, because right now, political parties enjoy 100% tax exemption under the Income Tax Act. And Dr. Qureshi rightly pointed out many parties. So in India, we have more than 2,500 registered parties, but only 250 or 300 contest, which means that if there are 17 to 1,800 political parties which are registered, but they don't show any political activity, yet they enjoy uh, income tax exemptions. And I think going forward, Election Commission will have to come with some innovative ways how to regulate uh, uh, political parties. I think they have been also uh, demanding for the extreme measure that they should get power to deregister and other things. But I think they should be start like they should start thinking of softer measures uh, where they like. Uh, they'll have to reinterpret some of the laws that already exist, like Mr. Session did in 1990s, and tweak. Uh, the power that is vested uh, in them uh, through the Symbols Act and uh, and other means. Now I'll bring you both to Congress, uh, which is which has triggered this entire debate. Um, there is largely held belief that if the Congress family is not at the helm, the party will split. Uh, do you agree with this view, uh, Mr. Qureshi? Well, although I don't like to comment on uh, politics, the other issues were more uh, conceptual and uh, constitutional. Uh, but my own personal feeling is that, you know, the dynasty is criticized here, but actually dynasty operates everywhere, whether it's business, legal provision, lawyer's son is always a lawyer, he inherits the practice, has an advantage. Judges' sons become judges because they have an advantage. Politicians' uh, children uh, have this advantage because they've grown in politics, their politics is in their blood, and they have following people know them so and people elect them finally they they get elected if somebody is not popular uh, he's not elected or she's not elected he is out of it of it therefore my personal feeling is that uh, all said and done Gandhi family at least has the maximum appeal and uh, I have a feeling that if uh, any uh, non-dynasty person comes uh, from outside, he will not be able to get all the leaders. All leaders are leaders in their own right. Nobody is willing to accept the second person as the leader. So we have seen it before. Mr. Sitaram Kesri was the first outsider. And uh, where did Congress go? To the pits. And finally, it was the dynasty which revived it. Looking at that kind of history, dynasty does play a positive role. And so long as people accept it and people vote for them, We should find no fault with it. Mr. Verma, would you weigh in on this? Yes. uh, In my opinion, uh, it's a myth that has been propagated by those who are very, very close to the first family of the Congress party. 
And the first family has allowed this myth to uh, basically blow out of proportion because it helps them. If you look at the history of Congress party, major vertical splits have taken place in the party when Gandhi had of affairs within the party. 1969 vertical split, Indra Gandhi walked or thrown out of the Congress or walked out of the Congress. 1978, second split, again Indra Gandhi walked out of the Congress. Congress has been splitting at the state level in last 20 years uh, for uh, like, you know, YSR Congress split in, in Andhra Pradesh happened when uh, Rahul and Sonia were at the helm of affairs. And at the moment in last few years, many top Congress leaders have left the party. So I think this is a myth that Congress party will be united only when Gandhis are at the uh, helm of affairs. Uh, uh, Congress has split it more than, uh, you know, three dozen times in its last 30 or 40 years. So, so at the Congress party, a large section of the support base do associate uh, themselves with the Gandhis. Shobhna, I would like to point out that while Rahul seemed to be agreeing with me, yet his arguments were actually against it, that the dynastic myth is being created by the dynasties themselves. But whereas he himself pointed out that actually after all the split, it was the dynasty which was triumphing. Indira Gandhi split it once, uh, almost expelled, and but she became the real Congress. So it happened again. She again became the real Congress, which means people's loyalty to the dynasty was so strong that even when big big players revolted and uh, there was a split, finally uh, the dynasty had the last laugh. So, uh, my point was that if the dynasty is popular, so and it is voted to power as Indira Gandhi was uh, voted repeatedly, uh, therefore, uh, if people vote, my point was that it is ultimately people's will. If they accept the dynasty, you and I are uh, nobody to then uh, be critical of the dynasty concept. Every party, uh, you notice the dynasty is working, in principle, very objectionable, in uh, practice, well, if people are electing them, so be it. I understand. Uh, so, finally, we'll return to our uh, the question that we started out with. Mr. Qureshi, again, I'll ask you this first and then I'll come to Mr. Varpa. Do you think the Election Commission should uh, insist on uh, internal elections? Well, the Election Commission does insist. But as I said, uh, very gently, very mildly, they remind them and... Uh, Normally, the parties do conduct elections, even if uh, you consider them sham elections, but they go through that uh, ritual. And uh, But Election Commission uh, doesn't enforce any of the norms of uh, holding those elections. And uh, whatever the return they submit, and, uh, that we held an election and so on, so was elected unopposed. I've already explained to you the idea of unopposed is not just a part in the party election. There have been elections in the Lok Sabha, to the Lok Sabha, to the Vidhan Sabha. And it happens regularly in panchayat election when uh, and, um, hundreds of panchayats are elected unopposed. So election happens only when there are more than uh, one candidate. So then the election, otherwise, if there is only one candidate. No, but do you think there should be a law which mandates proper debates, proper voting? Not the present laws. Do you think there should be law? I don't know what will it achieve here, yeah, even if there is law and there is an election. It is for the people. If you think that some election is a sham, why do we elect them? You should throw them out. So, therefore, as I keep saying that if it has the people's acceptance, no law would be able to replace the people's acceptance. So, if elections are objectionable and they are only token 
So people know that and uh, people can uh, give their response, can't they? Yeah. Mr. Varma, would you weigh in on this? Do you think we need a new law, fresh law? I, I don't think we need a law. I think we need a, a new interpretation and some bold moves from the Election Commission reinterpreting the existing laws as it happened in 1990s during Mr. Sessions' tenure. See, uh, where I slightly disagree with Dr. Qureshi is you can't leave everything to people's choice. The reason is, as a voter, I'm basically choosing better among the worst options. Because all political parties do not follow uh, internal rules and regulations and elections and other things, I, I, I'm not able to differentiate parties based on that. And that's why Election Commission, being the reg of India's political party, not like currently the regulator, uh, but, but it has to imagine its role as a regulator of, of these political parties. And in some ways, they have to try out milder options. At the moment, what happens that, as, as Dr. Qureshi pointed out, that they are required to uh, hold organization elections regularly. Uh, their parties are required to inform election commission about changes in their office bearers and addresses. They are required to submit a document of expenditure that in are incurred during elections and non-election period. But there is no cost to if I don't file uh, these reports. Or if I file in, in haphazard manner, I, I was trying to actually analyze uh, the income expenditure statements of political parties over the last seven, eight years, which are available on the Election Commission's website. You actually cannot match things because they use different headers every time. And so Election Commission does not forces them to adhere to certain norms. And it's the role of Election Commission to develop those norms and uh, in some ways make political parties follow them. And if they don't follow them, there should be some penalty. And I think the extreme form of penalty that will deregister you is a really bad idea. You'll have to find some middle grounds, uh, such as usage of uh, Symbols Act, income tax exemptions, and all those things. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Varma and Mr. Qureshi, for joining us at the Hindu Parley. Thank you. Thank you.